It's the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min and we are live. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello, welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu, and I'm delighted to welcome back a very, very special guest. At a time like this, as an Arsenal fan, you need to hear good, sensible opinions, and there's no better person to do that and bring that to the table than the brilliant Adrian Clark. Adrian, welcome back to the podcast. Wow, what an intro. Yeah, I hope I can live up to the hype. Um, You will. You always do. You always do, mate. You always do. Um, First of all, how have you been, uh, more importantly than anything else? All right. Yeah, fine. Um, Look, it's it's relentless this season, isn't it, in terms of games? Um, Ups and downs. Um, Obviously, following Arsenal, analysing Arsenal has been a challenge. Because, yeah, I, I certainly not lived up to, to expectations. Great disappointment, obviously, last Thursday. Um, but look, we go again. We've got to pick ourselves up and we've got to get behind the team, get behind the players and and, and, and move forwards. Look, yeah, we're, we're Arsenal people. You've got to stick with the team. Absolutely. I, I don't know about you, Adrian, but since last Thursday, I found it really difficult to kind of lift myself back up again. I mean, the game came on Sunday against West Brom. And of course, I watched it. And of course, I I paid attention to it. And I did Mm. some work on it and some work off the back of it. But Mm. in the lead up to the game, it just felt like it didn't mean a great deal. And it feels like, you know, obviously, with all the Super League discussion and all of that going on, I felt that quite a bit recently. Mm. And and the results obviously have not helped that. And and mm. let's just touch on what happened last Thursday because mm. there's been a lot of criticism that's gone the manager's way, you know, and, and to a degree rightly so. Were you surprised at some of the tactical changes that Mikel Arteta made, particularly in the first leg of that time with Villarreal? Because the decision to play a false nine has led to a bit of, of criticism coming his way. The, the reality is whatever he tries to say, however long he talks about them working on it, it, it didn't work, did it? No, it, I think he'll be, he will admit that it was a mistake. It, it's it's as simple as that. It was the wrong game to try something different. Obviously, we saw it at Manchester City. It didn't really work on, on that occasion either with, with Willian, I think it was. And yes, yeah, so it was a huge, huge surprise, especially given that we had strikers on, on the bench. Anyway, that's the reason that we had a a factor. Um, the reason we lost is, is that we defended really badly for the two goals. Um, you know, simple corner, not picking up men, not winning the first header, not tracking at the far post. And the first, and you know, the, the first goal was, was shocking in the way that we allowed Foyth to travel and then we didn't close down. Grant Xhaka was backing off. Danny Ceballos doesn't really make a proper tackle. You know, all these elements... That is actually not on Mikel Arteta. That's on that's on the guys out there on the pitch. So it was a combination. You know, individuals didn't didn't play well, and 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 the manager. I, I certainly think he's had better tactical days. And and yeah, I, he'll look over the two legs. I think against Villarreal, and 
yeah, if he had his go again, I think he'd do things a little bit differently. Yeah, completely agree. And I'm always interested in your view on the tactical side of the game because that is what you do so brilliantly. Um, and, you know, you look at the Villarreal game and you look at sort of some of the other fixtures as well but where it's not quite worked out. But mm. in terms of like a percentage, how much of a percentage of the blame, not blame, but fault do you put on the players? Because I feel like in the midst of all this, they've probably got away with murder here. <laughs> because all the attention is on the manager at the moment. But the reality, as you say, you know, you just mentioned a couple of the Villarreal goals. And in the lead up to those goals, there were things that individuals who were actually on the pitch, who had crossed the white line, could have done more about. They they need to sh- take some of the responsibility too, don't they? Oh, of course they do. Yeah, I mean, the players are the ones that make the decisions in the games. And over a period of, what, three, four years... You know, the, the, some of the same players have, have continued to not quite meet the standards that, that we expect, really, of, of Arsenal players. They've consistently made similar mistakes. We've had different managers, but 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 the same sort of issues have, have cropped up, haven't they? So, yeah, the players, dare, I, don't, I, mean, I don't know what percentage is, but at least 50-50, maybe more leaning on the players, you know, 65, 70% on the players. And and the rest, of course, the manager and the coaching staff, they prepare the team, they motivate them, they pick the team, you know, and they make the subs in in the games. I do think um, that one area that Mikel Arteta will will definitely improve on as he he gets more experienced is his in-game management. I I think that, that that's an area where he... He doesn't. He's not as strong as, as some of the other guys that have been around the block for years, and and that you know I wouldn't be. You wouldn't be someone who's you know Alan Shearer wouldn't be. You know, he's played a million games, scored a million goals, but because he's you know had limited chance to be a manager, you don't build up that sort of bank of when this goes wrong, this often works. When yeah, when, when the team when it's when the, these two shapes marry up, I've noticed this happens, this happens, this happens. And this works last time. Mikel Arteta doesn't have that. And, and I, I think that's where he falls short a little bit. And, and the choice of substitutions, I, I don't think, has, has worked brilliantly this season either. So, uh, And the stats do bear this out. It's not just sort of, you know, us talking. It's, you, know, you look at, I think it was the last, the last 20 minutes in home matches this season. You know, Arsenal have scored four goals. And, and I think they've conceded eight at home. In the, at the business end of games, so so in in that period, which is so often crucial, Arsenal have been a bit flat, and and part of that has to fall on 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 the guys on the sideline too. Yeah, absolutely. One of the players that has been talked about a lot in in sort of the last few weeks is Gabriel Martinelli. Came back from a, a long term injury uh, a few months back, and for a while I was kind of looking at it and going, well, he's just come back from a serious injury and that's why he's not getting game time. Mm. That's why he's not playing as regularly. Where do you think he fits in? Because a lot of Arsenal fans are talking about Martinelli potentially moving to a centre-forward position. Mm. I'm not sure though, and I don't know if you Mm. agree, I'm not sure that is Martinelli's Mm. position. And so, First of all, what have you made of him yeah. not getting the game time? And second of all, where do you think he fits in the bigger picture? Good questions. I mean, the audition didn't go well, did it? Really? Let's let's be honest. Again, against West Brom, he's waited that for a chance to play up top, and it didn't stick with him. Didn't really have that presence. 
and he was unable to use his sort of pace in behind. I think in a front two, it would work. I think Martinelli and someone else would be great because he's a great presser, isn't he? And he's got such energy. And if you've had someone to feed off, someone to flick the ball on or someone to, you know, a presence in there to, 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 to get on it and slide him in, we know that he can finish. We know that he can finish. Um, so I wouldn't write him off as a centre forward, but in the here and now, he's not as good as Lacazette, is he? Up top, he's probably he's not as good as Aubameyang as a centre forward at this moment. So, so yeah, I think he fits in as uh, wide left. That's, wide left, that's yeah. where he is for now, unless we unless we suddenly go with with two up top, which you know, I'm so I'm slightly surprised we haven't tried. Um, not necessarily Lacazette and Aubameyang, but why not? But yeah, with, with with the back three working so well last year at the business end and and sort of, you know, us struggling a little bit in midfield, we've got natural wing backs. Um, a 3-5-2 is something that, that we, we sort of haven't tried yet. And I kind of want to see it. I want to see it over a few games just to see how fun is number 10. But of late, I mean, the Villarreal game, with Thomas Partey as the sole midfielder, you know, we had to... Two, two sort of box-to-box midfielders either side. So that, in effect, is the same. So, yeah, um, yeah, we'll see. But he's still got a bright future. Let's not write him off. But, of course, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Here and now, yeah, he hasn't taken the opportunity. I guess if, if we're being brutal, he hasn't grabbed that opportunity this season to to say, you must pick me. And Yeah, he still looks a bit raw. Yeah, that, well, that's something Smith-Rowe's done. Smith-Rowe has said... He's been so good that he's just said, you have to pick me. Same with Bukayo Saka. So that's what young players have to do. Last year, probably he did do that. And then he didn't get the opportunities. And then he got injured, didn't he? Um, probably when he was just about to peak. So, yeah, he's been a bit unlucky. But he'll come again, I think. Yeah, for sure. I'm not for a second doubting the kid's ability or the fact that he will go on to be a very mm. key part of this team. I'm just, mm. I look at this Arsenal team and like you said, you know, I was kind of calling for Mikel Arteta to change mm. the formation mm. earlier in the season. He did it around about Christmas time. We were struggling to create. We were struggling to score mm. goals. He shifted it around. He changed to the kind of 4 2 3 one. And now you're looking at it and you're looking at it and going, well, without Kieran Tierney, we don't actually have a left back. We mm. don't, you know, Callum Chambers, I'm I'm still not completely convinced about at right back. Bellerin looks like his head's not at the club anymore, maybe. And then Cedric again is another one I'm not 100% sure about. And it just mm. feels like a back three might be a better option. But do you think Mikel Arteta would risk, I'm not going to say maybe risk is the wrong word, but do you think he would go back on that change he made back at Christmas since, seen us since then? He's very rarely veered away from it. Yeah, four two three one, but it's been a different four four two three one lately, hasn't it? Because he's had uh, Shaka left back, and then basically just had Partey. And you look where Sabios is when he's supposed to. You know, we think it's a four two three one, but he's playing left on the left. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And 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 you know, it's it's a four one four one really. That's what it is, and it hasn't worked brilliantly. Um, the, Going back to Martinelli, really, I think Martinelli in a side that creates more, that plays with a bit of a better tempo and dynamism, gets more chances, could could flourish. You you, you look at the numbers and Arsenal aren't creating big chances enough. enough. You know they're, they're lower than mid table when it comes to 
big chances created compared to the rest of the Premier League. Chances created in open play again. Eighth, ninth, tenth. I can't remember the last time I looked, but but you know there are a lot of teams that are creating more than Arsenal. So I think yeah, before you sort of we before we we lambast someone like Martinelli, I think you've got to look at maybe the way that we're creating chances and the and the balance of the team and and look at that as maybe the cause behind behind uh, the fact that that we're not we're not winning as many games. But I just don't think that platform in the in the middle of the park, Harry, is really there. And um, until it's until it's stronger, and until, like you say, we have that balance with two fit, firing fullbacks, that, that, then I think it's going to be a bit of a struggle. Yeah, I completely agree. And you mentioned there that the lack of sort of creativity, the inability to create chances regularly. Mm-hmm. You know, after the, the, the second leg against Villarreal, I must admit, and and the listeners will will know this. I was, I was quite frustrated with Mikel Arteta after yeah. the game, not because of necessarily the way he managed the game, but because it was, you know, his his kind of attitude towards it. And I know what they say in the in the press is different to maybe what they say in the dressing room, but it was very much like, well, if we didn't hit the post, we were going through. But the bigger picture was we'd only managed two attempts on target at home in a game we needed to win. That was the bigger problem. Yeah, we laboured and and we ran out of ideas and and look, it goes back to the point that we, me and you, chatted about earlier on in the season. Doesn't it's not about the individuals? They, they can all create chances. They're all good players. They're really talented, um, but but it's about how it clicks and gels as as a team, isn't it? And we've seen it click, and when it does, it's really exciting and. We're a match for anybody, but but consistently we've struggled to do that. Um, yeah, it's. It does still feel, and I know it's been used, but we we talked about it quite early on in terms of it being a bit mechanical, a little bit formulaic in, in the way that we attack and that we want more spontaneity. And I, I still believe that's part of the next phase because he played under Arsene Wenger, Mikel Arteta. He's worked at Manchester City where it is structured, but there's still elements of of, of real spontaneity there. And I'm sure he would want to bring that in. Um, and, 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 and when that happens, I think, I think we can be a real team and, and cause problems. But, but yeah, the, in the Villarreal goal game, it was just too predictable really. And, and Villarreal knew what was coming before we even constructed the attacks. They knew which way we were going to attack them and, and they were ready for it. Absolutely. And, I, and I'm I'm conscious because over the last sort of few days and, and you know, the last week or so, mm. most of the chat around Mikel Arteta has been negative. But for me, mm. you know, now that the kind of dust has settled a little bit and I'm, I'm mm. sort of starting to gather my thoughts towards a kind of end of season assessment. Yeah. Yeah. And you look at the Premier League table and only Manchester City, Manchester United and Chelsea have a better defensive record in the league mm. than Arsenal. And when you, if you could somehow cut out some of those individual mistakes that are not down to Mikel Arteta's system, not down to Mikel Arteta's structure, but to individual players switching off, mm. you probably take five or six goals away from that as well. Oh, it's undeniable. Know? Yeah, so it's undeniable. He's definitely improved that side of it, Harry. He's definitely, mm. we're better without the ball. We're less vulnerable. But you, you can't legislate for some of the mistakes we've had. Look at the away form. The away form, I always think, is a gauge for how organised you are and how solid you are. Um, and I think we've won eight eight games away from home. 
this season, including a couple of really big wins, you know, good wins, Leicester and Man United in there, uh, which we struggled to do in recent years, go to places like that and and win. Um, so so that is that is the positive. It, it, it we are more solid. But but the home record, as we all know, is is the worst it's been. By the way, that we haven't won eight more than eight times away from home since since Wenger's last season when 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 we won nine, and that was deemed to be a bad season on yeah. the road. So so yeah, that that that's we're getting back there away from home. But but Emirates Stadium, where teams defend more solidly, where they say, "Come on, then, come and break us down." We've been too predictable and 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 too slow, and and a lot of it, and whether this is the manager or not, I don't know. It might be partly be because the manager wants players to stick to their positions a bit, but sometimes it boils down to running, simple running, make a run beyond the player, go and drag someone over there so that you open up space for your mate to charge into there, and little things like that, you know, get fill in the box. Ask, yeah. Getting central midfielders in the area when Bukayo Saka looks up and crosses it, four are in there instead of one or two. You know? yeah, but to right. but to make that happen, the players have got to push themselves. They've got to want to score goals. They've got to want to show that desire and have that mentality to go out and really destroy teams. And and and, and I think that's 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 a work in progress. The mentality at the moment. We saw it a little bit against West Brom. It's sort of doing enough at 2-0 up. We didn't go for the jugular. We didn't push and push. And and I think we want to see Arsenal do that. And the, the best teams do that, don't they? The best for teams sure. always, they always go for three, four, five, six, you know. Man United, goodness me, what did they beat Southampton earlier in the season? Was it it's crazy, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, so I can't, yeah, I can't remember. It was eight or nine, but it happens. But this t- you can't see this team doing that, can you? Um, no. They're a little bit too too nice at times. So, yeah, I think the mentality needs to change. But but that it might take new personnel and and the hungrier, younger players to come in maybe this summer to the accompany the ones we've already got. Yeah, completely agree. Uh, let me quickly go over to the live chat. Omar says uh, we are ninth. How has how has the defence improved, Harry? The stats are there, Omar. If you look at the Premier League table, as it stands now, Arsenal have conceded 38 goals. That's the same as Manchester United. Manchester City have conceded 26 and Chelsea have conceded 32. Other than those three teams, nobody else, um, sorry, everybody else has conceded more goals than us. So we are defensively better. We just can't mirror that at the other end of the pitch at the moment. Yeah. which is the big, big issue. Just a quick reminder as well, uh, while you guys are watching us live, if you haven't already done so, please do hit the like button. It really, really helps. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. And a quick reminder that this podcast is currently brought to you by manscaped.com. Look, lockdown is easy now. So if you're going to get out there and you're going to go out on the pool, then you might need to address <laughs> uh, certain issues. So head over to manscaped.com, enter our discount code, which is 90min20, and you'll get 20% off of your order as well as free shipping. Uh, so you can save yourself a fair bit of money. Uh, so do check it out. Um, going back to the Arsenal, though. Um, Arsenal season, without doubt, has been, you know, a disappointing one. There's no getting course, away yeah. from that. Yeah, yeah. And... For me, I was kind of looking at the Europa League and I was like, Mikel, this is this is your opportunity or the team's opportunity to get out of jail free here. This could ultimately see you achieve 
the goal that was set out at the start of the season, which would have been to qualify for the Champions League, despite all that's gone on in the past. It wasn't to be. But, you know, when you look back at the season and you, you try and pinpoint where it's gone wrong, a lot of the things that have gone wrong have been outside of his control as well. Some of the injuries we've had, unlucky moments, you know, individual mistakes. I would argue that we've probably been on the bad end of some VAR calls as well that have probably mm. cost us a few points along the way. Yeah. Do you think that the club are still fully behind him at this point? I don't know. I genuinely don't know. I just, all, all, all I think, and it's only a personal opinion, is that because we went out of the Europa League, it, it means that the start of next season is hugely important. Hugely important. We have to get off to a great start. We have to fly out of the blocks. Um, you know, otherwise, that they, 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 yeah, that, that support for the for the manager might might waver if it hasn't already. I, I genuinely don't know. It's. Um, I know that the fans have, have definitely turned, and and that much is clear to see. I see it on my timeline. Yeah. You know, I'm working on the Arsenal games, and, and you know, we, we, we're sort of canvassing for a sensible opinion. And all <laughs> I get back sometimes is our tits are out, and it's it's very very frustrating. Um, but but it, it is what it is. It's been a hugely disappointing season. We can't lie. It's I I, I believed that that we were capable of top four, and and looking at. Leicester, for example, in there in the top four. You know, Chelsea are great at the moment, but but for spells this season they haven't been that amazing, and, and they're going to make it into the top four. You know, it was an opportunity. Liverpool not at it this year. Spurs going backwards. There was a chance, but but yeah, we haven't kicked on. We we've definitely stagnated. All the reasons you outlined are factors for sure. Um, but but the bottom line is. Arsenal's standards have to be higher, and yeah. and for that reason, I think this squad will be broken up, and and I think that 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 will be a positive thing, and we need to bring in some you know fresh, hungry players that 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 will you know will will work their socks off for the club, for the badge, for for, for the manager, and and hopefully be more reliable than, than than the guys have proved to be, not just this season, but over the last few years because, you know, we've been out of the top four for a long time now. Yeah, I completely agreed. When you look at some of the decisions that, that have been made uh, sort of since Mikel Arteta took over and, you know, as Arsenal fans, I'm not going to criticise Mikel Arteta for coming in and, you know, looking at certain players and saying, well, your attitude's not quite right. Mm -hmm. I'm going to move you on. Um, because we'd all been calling out for that for years. We needed someone to come in, shake yeah, it up, shake yeah. the culture, be strong. Exactly. So I'm not, I'm not going to dig Mikel Arteta, Mikel Arteta, sorry, out for that. Mm. But looking back on it in hindsight, do you think that if we had Lucas Torreira, Matteo Genduzzi at the football club, Sad Kalasinac, for example, when we've been without a left back for long periods, do you think that Mikel Arteta's decision to to put discipline and the culture change at the forefront as the priority has in some ways hindered us as a football team? Mm, it, uh, it's a good point. It is a good point. I think sometimes you've got to do things for the great good and, and feel that certain individuals are disruptive or that they're going to bring, you know, cause more problems than they're worth, even though they're good players. Then that, that I would support the manager for doing that. You know, even if it was a star man, if their attitude wasn't right 
And if you knew they would be a slightly bad influence when results went against you, for example, or if they were on the bench, they would start to be disruptive. Yeah. Then I would get rid of them as well. So no, I'm not going to criticise Arteta for that. You something you have to think of the great good. It's easy when you when you sit here now in ninth, you look at the midfield, which has really struggled. Let's be honest. Uh, and, and you've had Elneny in there a lot, and Sabios has, has, has not been great. And uh, and you think, well, Guendouzi or Torreira might have made a difference. You know, you're thinking about Guendouzi's best games. You're thinking about Torreira's best games, and yeah, of course. But but I, I, I don't think in the case of Torreira, really, his heart was in it. I don't think he yeah, really wanted to stay. And and and, and Guendouzi, I don't know what happened there, but but he wasn't a reliable player. Um, he was a player that made a lot of mistakes. Um, so no, Positionally I, a no. bit ill-disciplined as well, which is yeah, not just, something Mikel wants. I've got no issue with it. You know, the only one I'm not sure about is, is William Saliba because I haven't really seen him play. You know, the, the, is he better than what we've got? He might be. But, but yeah, no, I'm, no, I don't think we can pin those decisions on, on what's happened personally. Yeah, no, and, and even me, like I, I say it to, for the purpose of the debate, and I don't yeah, really. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a debate worth having for sure. I, I don't look back and go, you know, you definitely shouldn't have done that, or you definitely shouldn't have done this, Mikel. But mm-hmm. I do, you know, I completely agree with what you say. I think you have to look at the greater good. The problem is mm-hmm. that in football, often you don't get the time to work towards mm-hmm. the greater good, and football mm-hmm. fans in general can be at times quite immature and not see the bigger picture, the fact mm. that if you want a culture change, we're going to go through a, a bit of a transitional period whilst you're moving those players out and bringing in new ones because we don't have the money to do a Chelsea and go and do a £250 million plus transfer window. And that's just mm. the reality. Yeah, no, but we still spent money. You know, Thomas Partey came in and yeah. <laughs> we got great high hopes and hasn't been quite as good as, as we anticipated. You know, that, 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 that much is good. Gabriel spent a big money on him and Started brilliantly, and and as as definitely mistakes have, have crept into into his game. Now he's not not sure of a starting berth. So so yeah, it's yeah. Again though, Mikel Arteta and Edu and these guys that brought those players in, you 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 can't be sure. You can never be sure how a player will settle, and and it is it's a difficult time as well with no fans. Yeah, um, lockdown. You know these guys coming in from different countries, not living the normal life not living anything like a normal life for a foreign player to come into a new club. Social life is huge. It's massive because that's all you got. You don't know anyone. Yeah. And and if that social life is taken away from you, which it probably was really for those two, for the most part, then that, that I don't think is, is helpful. And, and you know, feeding off the fans, feeling the warmth, those kind of things. It's, it, it's not been an easy debut season for those guys. So yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll cut them some slack, and I, I think that, that, that they will come back stronger when, when the fans are back, and when, when, when life is a bit more normal. A bit more normal. Yeah, mm. agreed. Looking ahead, kind of to, towards the summer, because I, I know we've got a couple of games left, but mm. it does feel like the season is is at its end, which is yeah. horrible. Yeah. Um, but yeah. you know, Mikel Arteta has been quite vocal about the fact that he believes that. KSE are backing him and and you know until the summer comes we can't really argue and say they're not going to do it let let's see what happens yeah. uh, is all I'll say on that but yeah. what areas or, or what couple of areas if you were Mikel Arteta in terms of positions would you be really 
looking at this summer because you know we don't know who's going to be available we don't know exactly what the budget is it's difficult to pinpoint you know sort of mm. exact targets but as someone who follows the club watches the club analyzes the team quite a lot what areas do you think still need the most work and should be the priority yeah it, uh, i think it depends on his vision of the team in terms of what is going to be the shape and 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 to fit the right players into the right shape and to build and to look at partnerships and what what i want him to do is look at a center back center back's probably the wrong example because we might change them all i don't know but let's say for gabriel for example he looks at gabriel's right right gabriel is going to be our, you know he's going to play what who would be the ideal partner for gabriel alongside him would it be a right footer? Yes, it would. You know, what sort of player? I want that to be the, the approach in terms of, you know, right back. I think we need a right back. So who's going to play right wing? Is it in Arteta's head? Is it Saka or is it Pepe? We don't know. But but yeah. I, again, I would like him to think, well, if it's Pepe, if it's going to be Pepe, or if it was Saka as well, but if it was Pepe, I definitely want someone that's going to go on his outside and create space, take defenders away so that he can go and come inside. You know, I want that sort of thought process um, to build. I want him to think, right, who is the best partner for Thomas Partey? Is Partey better in a two or a three? Because Partey's my man. What's going to work? Yeah. Like, that's the thought process. But but in simple terms, in positioning, right back, left back, back up. Maybe not so important now that we've seen Saka play there again. Yeah. Uh, definitely a couple of centre-backs. Because, um, you know, David Luiz, for me, has been our best centre-back this season, but he's, he's knocking on and, you know, I don't know what the, you know, how how much he'll play moving forward. Um, a central midfielder, um, for sure. You know, someone, I suppose, to replace Ceballos or El Nene. Yeah, of course. Um, um and I actually think it's really critical that we sign at least one high-level striker, one high-level goal scorer, um, because, yeah, I think Lacazette's been, had a pretty good season, actually. He's copped a lot of stick, but I think he's, he's been good. His, his data is amazing. It's, it's right up there with the Premier League's elite when it comes to finishing this season. Um, but, you know, what's going to happen there? Um, so, you know, I think we need someone to compete with him, with Aubameyang moving forwards and to, yeah, to, yeah, just to give us, to give us that strength in depth. Bottom line is we need, need more goals from midfield. Yeah. So whoever, whoever you bring in in midfield has to be a goal scoring midfielder. Um, and, and if we bring in another number 10, you know, if Erdegaard goes and we bring in a, a number 10, personally, I think we might bring in an eight instead of a 10, then that that person has to score 10 to 15 goals. That's yeah, been the agreed. problem. That's been the problem, hasn't it? For a long, ever since Aaron Ramsey left, we haven't had that disruptive attacking midfielder to, to get us out of jail and just nick a goal out of nowhere. If it isn't Lacazette or Aubameyang or Saka, who's, who's it going to be? That's the kind of, or Pepe occasionally. It's, um, we don't have enough, anywhere near enough goals from midfield or assists from that matter, you know? Um, so, so yeah, there's, there's a lot of work to do. I think we all know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. When you finish ninth and you're Arsenal, you know, there's a, a lot to do. Coming. You know, a rebuild's coming. It has to, it has to come. And, and that point you made about the goals not being shared around is, is massive because 
a lot of the time at various points this season, Lacazette's picked up blame when he's missed a couple of chances. Mm. Aubameyang the same. Um, and their goal scoring records, all right, in Aubameyang's case, it's not as great as it has been in years gone by, but it's still not shambolic. It's still not disastrous. But you look at that midfield and let's say that the, the starting midfield is Xhaka, Partey and Odegaard as the three. That's just for argument's sake. Odegaard mm. has scored two goals this season. Xhaka scored one and Thomas Partey scored none. Mm. There is part of your issue when you're talking about creativity, when you're talking about them supporting and, and chipping in. Yeah, you know, it's, exactly. it's massive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, you, the, the, that's why it's a slightly imbalanced squad because you don't have that, you know, a lot. all of our midfielders kind of do a similar similar thing, but you need midfielders to join in and you need them to, to score goals. So, um, so yeah, moving forward, I think I think that is that will be right close to the top of the shopping list this summer. Um, yeah, personally, I th- you know, if Erdogan goes and, and, and Tobias goes, you know, we don't end up signing them. Um, not a problem with that. I think we... What we need to do is get players that are technically as good as them, but 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 will offer more goals. Um, yeah, you know, even if they're not as gifted, if they're not as talented, athletic qualities. You know, I think that's really important. Sometimes, you know, people who will run their markers the other way and get into the box and go bang, have some of that back of the net. You know, we've got some really good creative players, but but not enough goal getters and. I think that's part of the problem this season because he, Mikel Arteta looks at the players in training, looks at them, he's well, I've got to pick him, I've got to pick him, they're quality, and they are. But sometimes we end up with one natural goal scorer on the pitch, uh, Oba or Laka. Yeah. And, and, and there's enough. Pepe will be on the bench. For example, I think, again, one minor quibble, I suppose, with, with the selection policy this year, Pepe for me, even though he, he does frustrate, we know that. We he's inconsistent, he knows how to score. Yeah. Uh, for me, and that left was great, for me against the weaker teams, bottom half teams, I think he has to play pretty much every time. Because that, that is when you see him cut loose and, and cause real problems like we saw the other day. So yeah. so, yeah, I think there are lessons to be learned. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and you know, you look at somebody like, and I'm not saying that it was even a mistake to loan him out, but you look at someone like Joe Willock, who is fits in exactly that category that you just said. Maybe not technically as gifted as Martin Odegaard, but it'll get you more goals than Martin Odegaard because he has that athletic quality to get into yeah. certain areas and that willingness to do that. And that's yeah. why he's been uh, he's been a hit at Newcastle, where he's not even started every game, by the way, yet he's still contributing goals. No, and he probably wouldn't um, start at Arsenal either, but yeah. but... Wouldn't it be good to have him as the option to come off the bench? We've seen what he's done for a Newcastle side. So, so yeah, look, it was the right thing to loan him, definitely, because he wouldn't have got the game time. Yeah. At least we know now, we've got a better idea about his ability to convert chances at Premier League level. He can do it. So you've got a decision to make. Do you, do you sell him? for you Because know, his value will be higher because of the loan spell. Or do you reintegrate him? I, 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 personally, I would probably would reintegrate him and and hope that he could he could replicate that for us but yeah it's, it's a good case in point um, but there are other players out there that can do the home look at players in you know in, in the in the premier league that that are doing the business that that are outshining our guys in terms of goals assists chances created and think well if they can do that for that team 
what what could they do for us? Um, so yeah, yeah, I'm hoping we'll flex our muscles and and, and go for yeah. a few few Premier League players this this time. Absolutely. Fingers crossed we get the business done that we need. Uh, we're going to leave it there. Um, Adrian, thank you so much, mate. Always appreciate you coming on. It's really a pleasure to have you on the show. The listeners love it. So uh, delighted to have you on as always. Uh, guys, make sure you smash the like button if you haven't done so already. There's over 300 of you watching us live right now. There'll be plenty more watching and listening to this afterwards but we've only got 62 likes what's that all about hit the like button <laughs> uh, get involved uh don't forget to subscribe to the channel if you're new as well and uh make sure you check out adrian on twitter i've put his twitter uh, handle in the description uh adrian thanks again mate and uh, oh, i hope pleasure. to speak to you again soon oh pleasure mate yeah i just wish we could <laughs> we could talk about wins and, and and better times but look every you know every setback gives you an opportunity, doesn't it? To, to, to rebuild. And yeah, we've got it. We've, we owe it to ourselves to be, be a bit more excited. You know, I understand the moans and groans. I totally get it. We're all frustrated, but let's try and turn it into a positive and, and be excited about a possible rebuild this summer. And, and yeah, fing, fingers crossed we can come on stronger without, without European football, it'd be, you know, focus on that premier league and, and getting into the top four. I hope so anyway. <laughs> and, and when we do get back into that stadium, it's important to remember oh. as fans, we're, you know, as you say, people have moans and grows and that's understandable, but never in my 25, 26 years of supporting Arsenal mm. have Arsenal needed the support as, mm. uh, as a team more than they do now. Yeah. So let's remember that when we get back in the ground, let's create the, the right atmosphere, the atmosphere uh -huh. that will push the players on I rather than that negative uh, sort of, you know, that aura that can be in the Emirates sometimes. Here, that's here, 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 here. And look, it would have been grisly against Villarreal. Certain games this season, it would have been. But but those that go to the Emirates, you know, by and large, they're there to, to support the team and lift the team. And they do do that, even even though, you know, other fans, you know, like, like to do. And I cannot wait to get back to Emirates. And even if it's, you know, quarter four, third four, That'll be brilliant. But when it's full up again and we've got wholly an exciting, fresher team next season, let the good times roll, I reckon. Absolutely. <laughs> I hope so anyway. <laughs> Absolutely. Right, we'll catch you all very soon. Until next time, take care and stay safe. All the best. Ciao. listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.